0: Hello and welcome to Nevermind the Pain Points, a podcast dedicated to helping you unlock your business challenges. Pulling on our network of clients, partners, experienced employees and industry experts, we wanted to share with you our views and opinions on common business challenges. As a consulting firm that deals with these pain points on a daily basis, we thought we were well-placed to give insight on addressing these challenges. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Nevermind the Pain Points brought to you by Clarisis. My name is Sophie Atkins and I'm joined today by Bisha and Ed, who are both from our retail team at Clarisys. Hi Bisha, hi Ed. Hi Sophie. Hi
0: Sophie.
1: This episode is... The first in in a two-part series, we're going to be talking about the the online experience, the experience customers have when they're shopping online. And we want to focus on the online browsing and shopping experience. To kick us off there, Disha and Ed, I saw a stat the other day that said that 88% of users are less likely to return to a website after a bad user experience. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, it's actually an interesting fact, isn't it? Because the bad user experience that you've just talked about, Sophie, like there could be multiple things that retailers have to actually consider. Well, what does that definition actually mean? It could be just the, the look and feel of the website. It could be the frustration of not being able to find the right products that they want. It could also be things like, actually, um, it's just taking too long and um, they're in a rush and they just want to have a seamless experience.
1: You've helped me out there because you framed nicely what we want to talk about today. Um, so I think, yeah, there are three parts that we want to cover off today in our discussion. The first part being around how easy is it for customers to navigate your website and actually find what they're looking for in the first place. Then we'll we'll talk a little bit around once they've found that product, how do you make sure that they've got the right information available to them at the right time? The third point we want to talk about, and it'd be interesting. to to get both of your perspectives on this is since lockdown hit the number of people shopping online has obviously rapidly increased and it's also driven at new customers online so how can retailers ensure that their their website their apps are geared towards some of these new customer groups who are coming in first off if we talk about navigation and usability when I talk about an easy and frictionless shopping experience what sort of thing springs to mind for you
2: so I can kick off here. For me, it's the fundamental pieces, the homepage. And I've done a little bit of work in uh, some retailers, helping them um, and working with them to make that experience really, really simple and easy. It's just simple things like knowing where to put the bars of the different types of products that you want to actually showcase. What do you want maybe if you want to have a promotional banner at the front? What is that going to be if it's a theme based? So is Christmas coming along? Is Easter coming along? Is it Valentine's Day? And then things like if you have some sales or promotion items, et cetera, where can you slot those in? So... Making it easy and simple and slick is the first thing that will attract someone to your website and help them with that entire navigation piece that we've just talked about.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there's, there's there's definitely something around kind of a, a customer focus, thinking about like what their buying journey would be, where they would want to focus on the website, so making it kind of tailored. There's something, particularly for myself, if I go onto a brand new website and I don't really know kind of where I'm going. Making it quite simple and straightforward is a very easy way for a new customer to buy and obviously to get that repeat customer back as well.
1: Great points there. Uh, There's a a statistic I saw online that 64% of all retail website visits are now done through a smartphone. How do you think that changes what people need to focus on when it comes to navigation and uh, searchability?
2: one of the projects I had done in the retail space was actually trying to change how the actual website looks on say like a desktop or a laptop onto your phones and this was many many years ago but actually it's one of those things where you can actually see that actually you do need to alter the design you need to make sure that it's simple it's easy it's user-friendly for someone new.
0: Yeah I think as well you have to kind of consider that this is now standard that this isn't something that you know is a is a bonus that kind of retailers can have this is something that that all retailers should be kind of focusing on and if that's part of your core customer base they like the mobile or the remote they kind of they want to do something quickly and 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 have all the options available that they need to then yeah this is something that all retailers should really have as kind of part of their core online offering
1: I don't know if either of you have ever used duolingo before, but I visited their website the other day and you know, in terms of that personalization piece and making sure that people are directed to the place they need to be and also kind of getting the making the process uh, really uh, easy to navigate. They basically start off with a series of questions. So they ask you about your proficiency in the language and start asking you some questions in that language to gauge it. One, it draws you in very, very quickly, but two, it means that you're directed to the right content from the start. So I, I just thought that was a, a really neat and clever Way of assessing the customer who is visiting your website without having any information on them to start off with.
0: Yeah, I would say like like many people during lockdown, I decided to uh, to try and learn a language or do something better with my time. So I I got the Duolingo app, downloaded it. Um, it's really really simple, very easy. Like they gamify everything to make it kind of you want to kind of go back and, and learn a bit more. And uh, despite my, my fickleness with many of these different things, I did keep it up for about six weeks and kind of got my French to a, a better condition. Still not great, but but yeah. But the app was made it very very like easy and straightforward.
1: I'm impressed with that. Why do you think having easy navigation is important? Have you kind of got any examples you can pull on of what happens when retailers get this wrong?
0: Yeah, so Sophie, I've got a, a fairly good example of of kind of where it's not particularly going well. So, a sort of a a major department store. Their online experience is kind of this amorphous mass of stuff. You can, you go into their homepage, and it's it's difficult to navigate. You're not you're not quite sure where you're going. It it feels like there's about a hundred different options about where you can go. Um, it feels like it's not tailored towards the customer they're trying to be all things to all to all men and, and, it, and it kind of doesn't really hit the spot for anyone. I feel if, if they could tailor it down much more, make it much more easy, think about the customer on their journey and exactly like where they would want to go rather than this kind of, what feels a bit of a, a, a brain dump of everything that they do as a business.
2: It's really interesting, isn't it? Like uh, actually tailoring it to the customer is, is fascinating, especially like you said, Ed, it's, it's a department store. So there may be different segments and different scenarios of different types of customers in that sense. So It's probably a little bit more of a challenge than maybe your high street retailing clothing line, maybe that's targeting like your early 20s and 30s. Their market is probably a little bit more niche, so they can tailor their um, website a little bit more and personalize it and actually understand that group of people a little bit more and make that journey really simple, Um, building communities, having favorites, um, giving sort of memberships and things like that as well, which some of them do quite well
0: yeah you're actually right it kind of it, they do have a, a much more of an uphill battle I guess than, than your kind of your standard high street retailer um, and yeah all of those things are going to be really beneficial in trying to create some formal communities. communities um, and I, I guess for uh, the reason why department stores are really in, in business is all about the ease and convenience of going to one place to get all of your things and as I said an uphill battle to try and create something that is kind of gives them everything that they need but makes that journey simple so yeah I kind of I, I don't envy them trying to come up with a with a kind of an online presence that enables them to, to fulfill those journeys easily.
1: And if we have any retailers listening what key bits of advice would would you both give to them to try and improve their navigation and usability of the website or app?
2: I think we've mentioned this quite a bit, but actually um, keeping it simple, understanding who the customers are and making sure that, like Ed said, that there isn't 100 things on the page at the same time trying to overwhelm them.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And I, th- I think another big one is the, the type of business. So we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, having a, a department store, but if we look at maybe like grocery versus clothing, some of them are much more like commoditized products that everyone needs, and then some are based on maybe the tribe that you're in, et cetera. So I think having kind of personalization and tailoring for your customer base based on the type of uh, business that you are is, is another kind of key one that they should focus on.
1: Out of interest, do you have any thoughts on how, Best to go about assessing the the current user experience that customers are having online. Um, you know, how how do you know what the biggest issues are and and what changes will deliver the most value um, on your website?
0: Yeah, there's there's the, there's second. There are a range of different options that I think you can you can look at when looking at your customer experience, trying to work out where your pain points are. I would say obviously one of them speak to your customers. So whether that be like directly kind of through just um, through email and, and engaging with them through your customer satisfaction scores that you might get. There's obviously various technology that can sit in behind your website to track the journeys that your customers are taking. And then along that kind of journey, you can then see like, where do they drop off? Where do they maybe hover for too long? Are there any kind of confusion around, like, where they should be clicking next? The active engagement with a customer to try and get some verbal feedback and then looking at the data that sits behind your website to work out where those issues may be.
1: Great. Thanks, Ed. So the next thing that we wanted to to talk about was around how do you provide customers with the information they need at the point in their journey that they need it, specifically focusing on the online buying journey. What sort of information do customers expect to have now when they're shopping online? What would you say is most important to them?
2: I think what I've noticed quite a bit, and I do this personally as well as a customer in many places, is actually it's price comparison and understanding where can I get the most effective price, where can I get the product maybe the quickest if I need it very very quickly, and then also the quality as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think customer reviews of this of the same product gives you confidence in what you're buying, and you're buying something of of a quality that suits the price that you're paying for. Another big one for me is stock levels. I think stock levels can be used actually quite effectively if if you have a, a a smaller level of stock it encourages you to buy more quickly because then you feel like oh there's only a couple of left I, I need to i need to make a move on this and get it done quickly because otherwise it could run out
1: i actually have an example which um fits in nicely to what you were saying there, ed so uh the other day i was of course buying a, a desk from for, for working from home and i'd been searching around different uh retailers saying where i could get one for for the right price and then in the end, I was on the Argos website. And when I was looking at the product information, they had their, you know, this product is, is available um, to, to click and collect from my local Sainsbury's that, that same day. Uh, but then also below it said, you know, you can buy now and we'll deliver it later on, um, or you can buy now and we'll deliver it tomorrow morning. And as soon as I saw that, I just thought, oh, well, that, that removes all the hassle. I know I can get this. It just fulfilled the brief. I knew the cost of delivery and um, I could check out there and then and and know it would arrive the next day and working from home would be a lot easier from that point onwards.
2: I think that's a really, really good example of actually making sure that you're providing the customer the opportunity and flexibility of different delivery options. So like you mentioned there, the Sainsbury's option on clicking and collecting it, but then also getting it delivered. Having that variety for the customer makes their experience so much easier. I actually experienced something with regards to stock um, the other day during lockdown, and I needed to go to IKEA to pick something up. Um, Again, similar, I looked at the website, um, I saw the product I wanted, and I was like, oh, do I get it delivered in three, four days, or do I need it now? Um, I actually needed it right now. So I was going to make the journey out to IKEA in my car the next day. And I knew there was two items and I needed two. In the morning while I was driving I thought I'd just stop stop on the side and just check if there actually is two still left over and luckily the location and the site I was going to didn't have two so I actually had to quickly look um, at another Ikea store who had uh, two available and so just decided to just turn the car around and go to a different location. That ability to be able to showcase the stock to your customers allowing them and empowering them to make the decision where they want to do things how they want to do things really really helps in that experience um, and it definitely helped me out because otherwise I would have gone to one store and then had to go to another one and not been would able have to been a very happy. frustrating day <laughs> it would have yeah
1: what would you say the dangers are of not providing the right information at the right point or you know providing too much information or too little information what do you think the risks are to to both the the customer experience um but also the retailer themselves
0: i think bisha you know, kind of touched on it in a previous comment and, and it's around you know the the satisfaction of the customer giving them um the information to be able to make the right buying decision at the right time uh and you know i think if you, if you don't provide it again like so bisha could have gone there she would have been highly frustrated and you know not only would she have you know not been able to make the purchase she probably would have told a lot of her friends to say, like, oh, "I made all of that effort and all that way, and I didn't have what I need." And I think we all know that, you know, bad news travels faster than good news, and it can create this kind of ripple effect of of negativity, of like, "Oh, like they don't have the stock. Like, you know, it's you know, it's, it's locked down. It's COVID. They've sold out of everything because everyone, everyone's working from home. I won't go there again." Um, so it can create this, this sort of like ripple effect of negativity that is is very hard for a, a reader, retailer to respond to because it's it's not something actively that they can that they can see. Um so yeah that that, that for me feels like one of the, the, the biggest issues.
2: I, I yeah. totally agree with you Ed as well. And I think the other thing that's happened and in the last sort of decade that's happened more so is the fact that customers have become more savvy. They know what they want they know how to be able to buy products and they want to feel empowered by retailers. Um, they will Price shop, they will look at competitors, um, and the information is so much more accessible now than it was um, when it was just online. Um, Online, sorry, didn't exist at that point in time. Um, That actually, retailers now need to appreciate and respect customers in that sense and actually make sure that they have the experience that they would like to have um, by giving them the choice. And by giving them the choice, you're actually opening up um, them wanting to buy from you and actually that repeat customer as well.
1: Have you got any key bits of advice you'd give any retailers listening?
0: Yeah, if I, if I kick us off here, I would, I would say one of the biggest ones and probably one of the hardest ones is about making sure you've got integrated systems uh, across your kind of retail architecture. And we all know that that sounds good on paper, but it's actually very difficult to implement because traditionally retailers have a lot of legacy systems Um that, you know, have been around for decades and it, 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 one is very hard to take them out and then two is very difficult also then to to replace them whilst you know obviously still trying to run the business and i would say although it's difficult it, it is something that retailers do need to focus on
2: i totally agree with you ed um and for me and we've touched on this quite a bit through this conversation is actually the personalization um being able to log on to your laptop or your phone and have the, the site or the app personalized to you, welcoming you, tailored to the types of products you buy, the types of services, recommending things to you on the homepage, um, pinging up things that you previously may have bought that may be on promotion this time. All that is fundamental uh, from a customer's perspective, but also then the retailer can capitalize on that information and make the experience a lot easier um, for the customer. They'll know what the customer wants, when the customer wants it, and um, if it needs to be different locations, etc., it can help, help them out at the end of the day. And it help will ultimately will drive the sales versus actually um, badgering the customer. So it's actually finding that balance between um, how do you personalize but not push the customer off the edge
0: it's a great point Bisha. and i would say maybe to tie us up um on this point here is just to to finish us with talking about kind of trust and credibility with your customers and, and i think when you provide all of this kind of data and information um you're kind of creating a a a, kind of a promise really with your customer that you have you have the product that they need or you have you're know, providing the right information that they they want to have and i think it's just be careful in some ways to make sure that okay if you are providing that information make sure it's up to date because the customer and you know will will trust that that information is correct and they'll act on it accordingly so um i, I think that's kind of linking back to the first point around like real time information making sure that everything in there is correct you have the right stock levels you're providing the right information at the right time and all of that will build trust and credibility with your um, with your customers and again that ripple effect of you know, it was easy, it was simple and will really resonate with your wider customer base.
2: And that trust and credibility point is really, really important, isn't it? Because that brings your loyal customers back. You'll get repeat purchases from either new customers or your existing base that you already have and make sure that they come back to your website and purchase again and again.
1: And that trust and credibility point really uh, captures the importance of having ratings and reviews on your website as well. So the the third and kind of the final point that we want to discuss today is around accessibility of the website. And I, I talked a bit at the start about how COVID has driven new customer groups online and the impact that has on what you your website, your apps need to have to make sure the customer experience for those groups uh, is is equally as good. Starting off um, maybe with UBSA, how do you think that covid has changed what retailers need to to have and incorporate into their their website or app to improve the experience of of some of these other customers
2: it's really fascinating because like just while you were finishing that sentence i was even just thinking about how um as soon as the restrictions got slightly lifted how my mum went straight to the local waitrose just to chat to her friend um, in customer service because she missed her to pick up milk to pick up bread to pick up the odd item here or there but actually it was more the, the chat and the social aspect that she genuinely missed and, and she still does the online shop and I still help her with the online shop but actually the human interaction piece um, with the, the waitrose staff and the partners there was the bit that she wanted
0: yeah, that is that, such an important point. I think we we often fail to recognise just the, the the importance of that human interaction that some people who are very isolated and have been isolated for a, you know for a number of months get through um, their retail experience. As as much as uh, you know, we want to be able to replicate that online. It it, it is quite a, a tricky thing to um, to kind of move across. There are you know there are various things that retailers have done to make a more kind of personalised experience as you move online, which is great for those um, who have like accessibility issues. So whether that be you know you've got kind of um, like chatbots type things you know in in various um, different retailers' websites where you know if you're trying to navigate to something or find something or ask a question about a product um either the chatbot can respond or you can kind of go straight through to speak to an actual human so i think as long as you have those various options available and you make them simple and 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 easy to use for for different groups then i I, mean, I don't personally believe that you can you can have the still kind of replicate that human interaction but you can make it as as kind of as good as possible given the circumstances that we're in
1: reflecting on online accessibility in general especially for for people with disabilities i saw an interesting statistic that said that 69% of shoppers with disabilities will click away from your website if it's too difficult for them to use and this kind of value of click away spend which went to better websites um, with fewer barriers to those individuals actually equated to around 17.1 billion pounds in 2019 which is quite staggering what are your thoughts on that
0: it is a, obviously it's a difficult one to handle um, because you're in tailoring your website for a particular group. So, you know, maybe your are kind of your, your shopping tribe might be like, you know, people in their 20s, et cetera, who are very tech savvy and they go onto the website and they know, really, they know what they're looking for. They know how to navigate and they're able to make a purchase. Um, if you try to change that accessibility um, kind of how you display everything on screen and how you click through to make a purchase for different groups, um, it can dilute your brand and your offering and your your customer experience for maybe potentially your core um, kind of consumer tribe. So there needs to be a bit of a balance, I think.
1: I guess that's where you can take advantage of customer data and, and having uh, personalization for those specific customer groups so if you have the flexibility in your website to know that this customer who has just logged on uh, can't, can't see certain colors or uh, has difficulty hearing then you know perhaps you can uh, enhance uh, their experience based on that knowledge.
0: Well, one example of the BBC and their kind of their personalization that they have across how they' have designed um, their app and their website and and everything and um, they allow kind of like kind of customization personalization of that particular profile so when a user logs in, they have everything there set up for them, so whether it's kind of like image captions or um, audio support things like that they they have all of that kind of preset on their kind of their account and then when they log in it's just very easy to use so I think if, if retailers can work on allowing their online journey to be mass customization, to allow for these different kind of accessibility and preferences, it will make the online journey much more consistent and, and allow people to buy in the way that they like to buy.
1: You know, bring that all together. What key bits of advice would you give any retailers on how to improve accessibility?
2: So I think Ed's, Ed's touched on this in, in the previous point you mentioned, but actually the BBC example is quite a good one, uh, where actually knowing your customer base and knowing what they need and what type of accessibility they actually need. So be it, do they use the app more? Do they use the website more? And knowing those needs and when they are logging in, Combining that with their personalization is a good route to take.
0: Something else is another kind of key takeaway would be around creating like a, a personal support service. So we talked about like the in-store experience and, you know, how that personal support as you go into store for, for some groups is really, really important, both to you know fulfilling their basket, but also um, to their kind of well-being generally. So I, I think if you, if you can create a like some sort of personal support service online, to enable the shopper to have a uh, personal experience where they have um, someone to support them through their buying journey, um, then that will really help kind of move away when we talked about uh, the numbers who click away from from sites that are so difficult or too difficult for particular groups to use. Then, then that can really enable them um, to just stop those people leaving their website and to fill their basket.
1: So we've talked about usability and navigation, um, providing customers with the right information at the right point in time, and making sure that your website uh, or app is accessible, accessible to all the customer groups that, that use it. But I've got one final question for you both. Um, and you know maybe if you could give me three examples each. The question is, what do you think are the most important features on a website or app if you're going to deliver a great online shopping experience?
0: Well, I'll kick us off here. I mean, I could probably talk about this for a day. So three is going to be a challenge for me, but I'll do my best. For me personally, I think the number of clicks is probably my my biggest thing. It should be easy and, and straightforward. I think as well, the, the the navigation generally should be simple. I don't like to be overwhelmed as a as a buyer with tons and tons of options on screen. It should be obvious where I should be going and where I need to get to. If I had to pick my third and final, I would say probably the checkout having a fast checkout you know not having to create an account to buy something so enabling you know to buy as a guest yeah i would say those are my top 3 but there are probably a few others i'm sure bisha will have uh, some others to talk about
2: um, so I think for me, one of the ones that we've touched on throughout this conversation has been um, being able to use the site on different devices. I think that's really important. Second thing I would probably say is being able to see your basket whilst shopping um, and having things like being able to put favorites um, together or wish lists. I think those are all quite nice features on websites which will allow the customer to have that experience and And finally i'd probably say something on the lines of customer service really and, and being able to ask those questions websites have hugely improved where they've got faqs they've got chat boxes they've got loads of features where you can actually ask questions you can know things like how how much is it going to cost for delivery its returns that is always the cherry on the cake and really really helps the experience on our website
1: Those are some really fantastic points and they definitely uh, resonate a lot with me. Interestingly, we've sort of talked a little bit about how you move on to the next stage and uh, Ed mentioned checkout as as being one of those really crucial ones. And that's one of the things that we're we're planning to talk a little bit about next time. So, you know, it's definitely not the end of the journey once the items are in the basket um, and how can you uh, really make sure you optimize that next stage uh, to ensure you convert browsers to customers sadly that is all we've got time for today um thank you so much Ed and Bisha for joining me you've provided some really great insights into how retailers can improve the online uh, shopping experience I'm sure uh, there'll be lots of people with uh, more questions for you so thank you very much thanks Sophie thanks Ed
0: thank you